freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of power. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. Glad to be with you all today as always. Did I say Red Future Radio? We're not with Red Future Radio anymore. We are. uh, This is the program. This is the Conservative Crusader at GOPjosh.com. Appreciate you all tuning in with us as always on this Monday, October 30th, year of our Lord 2023. Big day. It is a big day in news. Uh, Ron DeSantis has officially been destroyed when it comes to his boots. We'll get to that later. That's the, that's my top story today. It's made my day following this from the, the Patrick Bet David podcast. Fantastic. Uh, I cannot wait to, to join you all and speak about that here in just a minute, but that's going to be a little while now, so uh, stay tuned. More important news, significantly more important news out of Colorado, where they're trying to keep President Trump off the ballot. Now, I think the Patrick Bet David news might be more entertaining, but this is significantly more important for our country. A multi-pronged effort to keep Donald Trump off the 2024 presidential ballot as an insurrectionist, oh, insurrectionist, resumes in earnest, beginning with a court case in Colorado on Monday, the first of two states that will hear legal arguments this week. Those seeking to have the former president ruled ineligible are relying on a Civil War era provision of the 14th Amendment the U.S. Constitution that states no person can hold public office if they have, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. They argue that Trump's incitement of the deadly January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. That's such a that's such a bogus way to put it. This is from The Guardian um, in which his supporters attempted to block Congress certifying Joe Biden's 2020 election victory perfectly encapsulate the clause that yet to be seriously tested in a courtroom. So Colorado is the front line, my friends, of the Trump 2024 legal battle. Because New York is about his personal his personal business. It's not a big deal in terms of these. This is about his campaign, a direct attack on his campaign. Um We've had hearings with presidential candidates debating their uh, eligibility before Barack Obama, Ted Cruz, John McCain, uh, said Derek Muller, a law professor, uh, professor 
at the University of Notre Dame, listing candidates challenged on whether they met the constitutional requirements of being a, quote, national-born citizen. But the arguments against Trump, he said, rely on an obscure clause of the Constitution with an incendiary bar against insurrection. Those legal questions are very heavy ones, he said, noting that even if they are seen as long shots, they raise important issues and have plausible legal path to success. Among those supporters, okay, the, I'm reading ahead of myself speaking, and I already know this is bogus because of who's supporting it. Among those who support the argument for Trump's removal from the ballot are Virginia Senator Tim Kaine, who we all remember was Hillary Clinton's 2016 running mate, who said the language is specific in the 14th Amendment. If this was an insurrection, if January 6, 2021, as they said, yes, we're reading the chat from the Twitter space, or X space, did they say deadly Hava? Yes, they did. Um, this is simply unconstitutional, no matter how you feel about Trump, that is absolutely correct. And I accidentally muted the mic on the spaces. Hope you guys can hear me for that. We're, we're getting everything figured out here. Not one person related to January 6th, 2021 has been charged with insurrectionist as an insurrectionist. Not one person. There's been a lot of other connections. There's been a lot of other attempts, but not one person has been charged with insurrection against the United States. So, how can Trump have led a, quote, deadly insurrection against the United States when there has been no insurrection taken against the United States? Because fun fact, if there's an insurrection, there are insurrectionists. And you can charge insurrectionists with insurrection. Why haven't they done that? Because it's a weak argument and it's not going to go anywhere. And, And so they're doing everything they can to try to disparage this man in the court of public opinion. Because the court of law won't hear any of it. And we know that. Me and you know that especially. Uh, But a massive amount of people are going to hear this and think, okay, you know, Trump is no longer on the ballot. Trump will be taken off the ballot. I'm going to shift my support to Mr. 511, Mr. Big Boots, Ron DeSantis, right? I'm going to shift my support to to Nikki Haley, right? And no real Trump supporter is going to care. Most real Trump supporters like myself would write Trump in if he's not on the ballot. They're going to do everything they can to stop this guy. Now, the importance here is is the jurisdiction. It's in Colorado. Um, Trump has, hate to tell you, no shot at winning Colorado. So why is this a big deal, Josh? Why are you that worried about it? First of all, down ballot. If he does get taken off of the, the ballot in Colorado, the down ballot effects will be very difficult to overcome. But also, on top of that, this will go all the way to the Supreme Court. If Trump's taken off the ballot, they will appeal. They will appeal. If that's overturned, they'll appeal. They'll go to the Supreme Court. And that's where they decide once and for all if President Trump should be taken off the ballot nationally. So that's why they're pushing it in Colorado. Plus, it's obviously a a sort of left-wing court there and a left-wing jury and all that fun stuff. Um, But they're doing everything they can in the left-wing states where we think it won't matter. People will pay less attention to it. So they can shove it through and say, guess what, guys? He's off the ballot now, thanks to the Supreme Court. Now, do I hope that our guys are going to fight against that on the Supreme Court? We have Amy Coney Barrett. We have Brett Kavanaugh. We have uh, Neil Gorsuch. We have Clarence Thomas. And, and the first three were nominated by Trump. I would hope they pledge loyalty and, and not, and to the Constitution and to President Trump, which, I mean, no one's going to, I don't know. I don't think there's a chance it gets taken off the ballot, but 
this argument even being a, a main focus of anyone, it's a joke. I mean, we are seriously picking straws. If, if, if one person, if one single, sing, singular, can I speak today? Singular person in connection with January 6th had been charged with insurrection, I would say, okay, maybe there's a case here. Not one person has had an insurrection charge. The government was not insurrected against. We are, we are in a different time today, folks. And if you are not worried, I don't know where you are. Um, dozens of cases citing the amendment have been filed in recent months, but the ones in Colorado and Minnesota seem to be the most important, according to legal experts. They were filed by two liberal groups with significant resources and in states with a clear, swift process for challenges to candidates' ballot qualifications. Uh, so Colorado and Minnesota are taking the more legally sound route to get courts to force election officials to disqualify Trump in contrast to other lawsuits that seek a sweeping ruling from federal judges that Trump is no longer eligible for the presidency. So we'll see where it goes. We'll keep following it for you here on the program. But I really don't see a path where President Trump is another nominee, and I don't see a path where he is ruled ineligible to serve as president. Because, I mean, listen, there, there's nothing the guy did wrong. We have the quote here. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Last time I checked, an insurrection cannot be peacefully and patriotically. So we have that there. That that one clip. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. That one clip completely exonerates him from any sort of insurrection charge that they might put against him. And it's just a shame we've gotten this far and we're, we're still pretending this is an actual valid thing. Uh, so, friends, we'll be back after this. Trump's gag order in the Jack Smith trial has been reinstated. The RNC debate uh, in uh, Miami. The hosts. Are you even kidding me who they're having hosts there? We'll talk about that in a minute as well. DeSantis with the boots. Come on, man, not the boots. Biden speaks on AI and then our Ohio segments about Chief Justice, former Chief Justice Maureen O'Connor. What a joke she is. Back after this here on The Conservative Crusader, you're listening to the voice of the future. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash gopjoshfiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash gopjosh Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. If you want to help keep us on the air for less than a cup of coffee, you can do that by supporting us over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash gopjosh, patreon.com slash gopjosh. We try to bring you a program three times a week, and having a Gen Z conservative perspective is, pre- I like to say, pretty unique in today's media and, and escape and a young conservative perspective and we're doing everything we can to bring you important coverage of the elections coming up in Ohio, the national elections, everything we're doing here. We appreciate your support to support independent young journalism over at patreon.com slash GOP Josh for as little as $3 a month. And uh, we do not plan on ever putting any part of this program behind a paywall. So you can support us there. You can also call into the program. A thank you to our Patreon supporters 
over at the phone number being 574-675-6747. That's 57-GOP-JOSH-7. 574-675-6747. Leave a voicemail. And if you're listening on Twitter or X, you can call in via the spaces. Just request to speak and we'll bring you on at the top of the segment. So Trump gag order has been reinstated in this Jack Smith federal election case. So a federal judge reimposed a gag order on Donald Trump in his criminal election interference case, rejecting Trump's arguments that the restrictions on his speech were unconstitutional. The decision by Judge Tana Chuckkin, Chuck, Chuckkin, Chuckkin, I don't know how you pronounce that name. That's a wild name, by the way. It was posted late Sunday in U.S. District Court in Washington. The ruling ended a temporary pause on a gag order that prohibits Trump from publicly targeting prosecutors and likely witnesses in the case, as well as members of the court staff. The reinstatement of the gag order means that the frontrunner in the Republican primary once again faces significant limits to on what he can say about key figures in the case against him. Uh, in a ruling, Chutkin noted I, that that's going to stumble me every time. Noted that while the gag order was on pause, Trump had attacked his last White House chief of staff, who is likely to be likely to be called as a witness in the case. So, by the way, there was like a, a report that he was wearing a wire in the White House. Not sure what, how true that is. Um, less than 90 minutes after the judge decision appeared on the public court docket Sunday, Trump posted a separate attack on his last attorney general, Bill Barr. Trump called Barr dumb and weak and a loser in response to Barr's remarks on the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics last week. Um, Trump later called Chutkin's order unthinkable and claimed in a social media post that it will not stand. He also accused the judge of being biased against him. Um, so far, Trump's Presidential campaign speeches have been prepped, with, uh, peppered with attacks on Smith and potential witnesses in the case, where he is charged with conspiring to overturn his loss to President Joe Biden in the 2020 election. Uh, he has pled not guilty. Okay, <laughs> there's a gag order on the president. Now, what has Donald Trump said that is warranting of a gag order? If you are that found in your legal, okay. When he said, if you come after me, I'll come after you. That probably wasn't the best wording. But, I mean, you're trying to silence not only the top Republican presidential candidate, but also a former president of the United States. Now, if he's going to call Bill Barr, what'd he say? What was it? Dumb, weak loser. I mean, let him. It's funny, okay? And you're not telling me these cases are going anywhere that actually warrants any sort of outrage that he's saying stuff about the cases. Because no one's going to pay attention to these cases. No one cares. The only people that care, and we're going to source them later, which kind of hurts me to say, are like the Midas Touch liberals, you know, like Ron Filipagowski and all those people. Um, They're the only ones that actually care about this. Now, I think it's funny that they're trying to, to gag the president like he's going to listen. Like, try to throw Donald Trump in jail. I've said this so many times. Try to throw President 45 in jail. Good luck getting through Secret Service. Do you think they'll actually let the former president sit in jail? Are you kidding me? I don't know. It's, I honestly would love it if he just wouldn't listen and just keep laughing at them. Like, ha 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 ha. that, That makes me. That makes me laugh, you know. Um, going into the chat here uh, on the Twitter spaces, uh, Lane Brown followed up on his Ron DeSantis comment, which we talked about during the break on Twitter spaces, which we keep the mic on. What's wrong with DeSantis, Josh? Well, you are a new listener 
um, to the program, aren't you, Mr. Brown? You've been on the program before. We were in D.C. with the Leadership Institute, so I don't know what your thing is. You know I don't like DeSantis. You know I don't like DeSantis Lane. Uh, Oyayo, not sure how I pronounce that name. I am an independent and essentially, uh, essentially vote Dem in Hawaii here, after all, and I support Gop Josh. Jope Josh. Appreciate it. Um, appreciate it there. So the RNC debate hosts have a long history of liberal bias. NBC's Lester Holt and Kirsten Welker are, are set to host the third Republican presidential debate. By the way, if Lane Brown wants to call in and talk about the, the DeSantis thing, we can do that. Uh, if Holder Welker's past reporting is any indication on what the debate will look like, just know it will be oozing with liberal bias. Let's start with Holt, an NBC veteran who has covered his fair share of breaking political news. Holt aired deceptive coverage of the Micaiah Bryant shooting back in 2021. Bryant was fatally shot after she was seen lunging at another girl with a knife uh, in her hand, but the entire incident was caught on camera. Holt showed portions of the video, but left out the part of the 911 call of which caller uh, said of Bryant, she's trying to stab us. The footage, uh, video footage played by Holt also did not show Bryant holding up her knife. Holt also got into a tiff with former Attorney General Bill Barr over the Black Lives Matter. Or Holt, oh, I apologize, also got in a tiff. Uh, Barr explained that Holt to the reason the police are three times more likely to stop black men is because police go where the crime is. Holt questioned Barr on his criticism of Black Lives Matter as an organization and expressed his concern for so-called systemic racism and police being biased against black people. Welker moderated a 2020 debate. Her family had previously donated nearly $20,000 to Barack Obama and $3,300 to Joe Biden's campaign, according to a New York Post report. The family also reportedly made contributions to Clinton and the Republican uh, DNC, I apologize, the Democrat National Committee, although what's the difference? While Welker's parents' actions do not necessar necessarily reflect her beliefs, the optics of having a moderator whose parents shelled out thousands of one of, the 20, uh, of one of the candidates on the stage seems a little bit convoluted. But Welker's family donation are unnecessary in trying to determine her political affinities. While hosting Meet the Press, Welker let an audible oof when MSNBC political analysts said recent polling showed nothing but good news for the former president. Welker also ran cover for Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. Both representatives were banned from visiting Israel in 2019, and Trump tweeted it was a great decision. They hate Israel and all Jewish people, Trump had tweeted. Welker then fact-checked Trump saying neither woman has ever said they hate Israel or the Israeli people, but instead have been critical of the Israeli, uh, Israeli government. So those are the, the two of the three moderators. The third one is, is Hugh Hewitt, who is a conservative talk host on Salem. And he has said, and he said, I wish I had the clip of this. I was listening to a show in the morning because uh, it's a regular guy on my local show, 610, wasn't on. Uh, and so I was listening to him and he said, you know, I actually had an invite to go to the, to the World Economic Forum, and I wish I didn't have obligations because I really want to go. Now, that's obviously not an exact quote. But even Mike Gallagher, who follows him on the Salem Network, said, Now, Hugh, you're, you're saying you want to go to the World Economic Forum. How do you call yourself a conservative talk host? The World Economic Forum. So we have two people up there working for legacy media that hates you and hates the Republican Party. And then we have person, a person up there who's a Reaganite, a, a, even not even Reagan, a Bush Republican, a very far moderate Republican that despises Donald Trump with every bone in his being, in his body, saying he wants to go to the World Economic Forum and he's hosting this, this forum, this debate. 
so that will be uh, tomorrow night. Is that tomorrow night or is that Thursday? I don't know. It's sometime. And um, I encourage you to watch President Trump's debate 20 minutes away instead. And if you're in, uh, if you are in uh, Florida, I encourage you to go to the uh, go to the rally, make the crowd massive for that Trump rally. It will be huge. And we'll see where it goes. So Vivek will be debating. Uh, do we have a current list of everyone debating on this stupid? Uh, oh, here it is. Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Chris Christie, as well as uh, Vivek Ramaswani, uh, Ramaswamy will be debating in this goofy debate. I'll be watching the Trump rally. I don't know about you. I don't really care about these debates. And we'll have highlights from, or lowlights, I should say, from the debate uh, for you all on the program uh, immediately following it. So when we return from the debate, we finally get to talk about my top talk uh, topic today. Ron DeSantis in his boots. Back after this, here on the Conservative Crusader, GOPJosh.com. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. We are glad to be with you all today, as always. As we are getting into my top story for today, this is exciting for me. You know, I've been I've been trashing on DeSantimonious for a long time now, but I don't get an interview with the guy. I, I would never, in a million years, have the chance to even say one word uh, to to Daenerys, uh, let alone interview him. But Patrick Bet David, who can probably buy his interviews, he's a rich guy. Uh, this is from Midas Touch, so it's going to be very left-wing uh, written. And it's going to be anti-DeSantis, but I'm going to use this source anyway. Ron DeSantis appeared on the Patrick Bet David podcast today and was confronted by a line questioning that he wasn't expecting. Why he wears those weird high-heeled cowboy boots everywhere he goes. DeSantis should have been prepared for some tough questions given that Bet David is a Trump loyalist who worked in the White House and lists on his social media page bio that he's working for or with the Trump 2024 campaign. Did not know that part. All right, let's play the cut. It's about a minute long here. This this video went absolutely viral over on X. Uh, play cut. The marketplace. Okay, I'm sure they're doing that. Can you bring yeah, this one clip? I'm sure your marketing team points out how they're trying to troll you in the marketplace. Okay, I'm sure they're doing that. Can you bring this one clip? I know you were on, uh, uh, what do you call it? On, uh, uh, what was it? Bill Maher and Bill Maher talked about the boots. I've seen you walk with these boots. Go ahead and play this clip. This on TikTok went viral. It doesn't have a million views. It doesn't have, you know, 10 million views. This thing's got 1.2 million likes. And and some people are wondering. How, what are they? I don't even, I so haven't what, seen that. What so if you haven't seen the video, there's his boots with like a curly, like an elf elf shoe on the end. You know how the elves have like the, the twirl up thing with like the little ball on the bottom? That's what his shoes look like. So there's the, these yellow lines that look like a foot going in at like an, uh, what would that be, like a 45 degree angle just into the boot. With such a massive heel to make him look like four inches taller and then it curled up into the bottom. Does their video net player not support this? I should not have seen that. What there's they've not shown this to you. Okay, no. what they're trying to say with this is that in your boots you have heels. No, no, no. That's yeah, what they're no, trying those, to say. Those are just, <laughs> that, is cool, that is not a, a 45 degree angle either, by the way. Um are just standard off the rack, um, Lucchese. Um, uh, how, how, how tall are you, Governor? How tall? Five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. I'm five. No shot. 
There's a picture of him standing next to, next to J.D. Vance, and there's like a four-inch gap between the two. If he is 5'11", DeSantis is, or not DeSantis, um, Vance is like 6'4", and I've been next to Vance, and he looks about six foot, so he's 5'8". Maybe 5'11 with the, the lifts and the big heel, but, but this next part's even better. Uh, I do wear tennis shoes when I work out. Yeah. <laughs> His working out is called taking Ozemptic. Come on, dude. Gift for you. I'd love for you to wear, okay, I shop at Ferragamo. Okay. He pulls and out this bright red bag, not saying what it is, and then he, he pulls out the bag. I'm gonna, yeah, the volume. He pulls out a shoebox, so you can finally see it's a, see it's a shoebox. And DeSantis is so afraid of taking off these boots. Listen to this. I'm sorry. Oh, why did it do that? Wow, I, I do not like this video player. And now they're playing an ad. All right. Um, we'll, we'll play it for you in about 16 seconds. Thanks, Iran Filipowski. Um, should not have trusted this, this video player. For you to wear, okay, I shop at Ferragamo, okay, and... I, I don't accept gifts. I can't accept I, it. I totally get I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm gonna... That's it. That's, that's the end of cut. I don't accept gifts. Okay. So DeSantis is running a national campaign. Don't you think for the optics, and I know we have some political operatives in, uh, listening to this program. Don't you think for the optics, taking the boots or taking the shoes, putting them on and standing up would have looked better Actually, um, I don't accept gifts. I can't accept gifts. I'm the governor. I can't. No one cares, dude. No one cares you're the governor, okay? I would have put the boots on, or the shoes, but I'm not self-conscious about my height. Everyone has seen pictures of me standing next to uh, plenty of other people. If I ever get to stand next to President Trump, he's like 6'3". I'll look like I'm Ron DeSantis' But I'm okay with that, because I'm not a, a, a disconfident dude like he is. So, um, yeah, that, that's that. I'm very excited about that, uh, that cut. Uh, so what is Biden's executive order on AI? We're going we're gonna to get into that now. Because he did one. Because we know executive orders have bigly impact on everything. And by that, I mean absolutely no impact on anything. Uh, so President Biden on Monday signed an executive order creating new standards for safety and privacy protections over artificial intelligence. A move on the White House insists will safeguard Americans' information, promote innovation and competition, and advance U.S. leadership in the industry. With laws lagging far behind technological advances, the administration is touting the new EO as building on prior voluntary commitments from some of the leading tech companies on the safe and secure development of AI. In remarks Monday, the president called his executive order the most significant action any government anywhere in the world has ever taken on AI safety, security, and trust. I would love to hear Biden try to say that, by the way. Oh, he said it in the remarks. Okay, I'd love to hear that. Uh, we're going to see more technological change in the next 10, maybe the next five years that we've seen in the last 50 years, Mr. Biden said. And that's a fact. And the most consequence, uh, consequential technology of our time, artificial intelligence is accelerating that change. It's going to accelerate at a warp speed. AI is all around us. So. What does the executive order do? The order requires that developers of AI systems share their safety tests with the federal government. That's simply in line with the Defense Product uh, Production Act. The White House says requiring that companies developing a model could pose a risk to national security, national public health, or the national economic security to notify the federal government and share the results. Uh, the administration is also going to develop standards for biological synth uh, synth Cynthia's screening aimed at protecting the risky use of AI for creating dangerous biological materials. These standards will be a condition of federal funding. 
The National Institute of Standards and Technology will set standards for safety before public release, and the Department of Homeland Security will apply those standards to critical infrastructure sectors and establish an AI safety and security board. Um, Did not know he could do that with an executive order. That that was just like a, a, hey, this is what you're supposed to do, not, hey, we're going to create things out of thin air. Um, This is too little, too late. We've known for eight months now those those little videos of, of the presidents playing Minecraft together was going to go a lot further than videos of the presidents playing Minecraft together, where it's like Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and and Obama in like a Discord call, right? That That's what it was. Um, it's not going to be that anymore. It's going to be used uh, majorly in this campaign cycle. We know it's going to be, it already has. Um, the DeSantis campaign put out the videos or the pictures of Trump hugging Fauci, which were fake. Um, and it's going to be used even bigger in this upcoming cycle than, than we even expect. And so putting out an executive order, October 30th, so just a year before the general election, is not going to do anything. That You know what this is for? Because Biden can go and say, um, hi, my name is um, Joe Biden, and I am fighting against AI abuse. That's all executive orders are designed to do. They fail at actually doing anything and fun fact, if he wanted to work with Republicans and actually pass something halfway decent, we have a Speaker of the House. Now we have Mike Johnson, which totally sounds like a fake name. He's a great guy. Sounds like a fake name. I, I saw a meme. It's like Republicans couldn't decide on their Speaker, so they all wrote the same fake name. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But hey, it's actually, hey, Mike Johnson's a real guy. No, he, he's a great, um, he's a great Speaker, and I look forward to seeing him serve. Um, but if the Republican Party and the Democrat Party wanted to work together and pass actually decent legislation on AI, that could that would very easily be done. Now, the the Democrats just don't want to work with Republicans, but the Republican Party has always been open to working with the left, even when I don't think they should. Um, we saw that with the continuing resolution that we shouldn't have done. And fun fact, we would still have a Speaker McCarthy if that CR didn't pass. So we'll see what. Um, what goal and what path that this this new guy takes on the CR and AI. So so we'll get into that um, maybe a little more soon, but I doubt it. Uh, next, after the break, Ohio restrictions uh, signal that not all are welcome to vote, according to Justice Maureen O'Connor. I could talk about this for an hour. Uh, so we'll get into that after the break here on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to GOPJosh.com. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep The Conservative Crusader podcast or or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. Oh, yeah. 
Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Appreciate you hopping in with us. Before we get to our sports update, and we're going to play the song again for sports update because, you know, we just got to. It's tradition. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, uh, what do you want to call about today? I just wanted to talk about, you know, candidates in a presidential election. When you look at who you want to vote for, it's not just about the policies. It's about how they represent you. And you were talking earlier about Ron DeSantis and his behavior, especially regarding those booths. And I think it's part of a it's part of a cycle. He does not demonstrate any masculinity. He does not demonstrate any willingness to actually make any bold choices. A real man would have just he, he would have just taken he would have taken the L. He would have put the boots on. It would have embarrassed him, but he would have gotten on with his life. I think Ron DeSantis is a president. God hope uh, he'll never get there. I'm sure President Trump will uh, defeat him. But if he ever got there, he would not be able to make the important decisions, like if we had to take military action. You are absolutely right. And he just, he wouldn't put the boots on. He's so embarrassed. He's such a coward. He's, he's not even a real man. You know, I'm an alpha male, as I say on Twitter. And this guy, just he isn't an alpha, is all I can say. I uh, appreciate you calling in today. Anything else you want to say? Uh, No, thank you, Mr. Josh, for having me on. I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, that is the populist Tuberville stan on Twitter. So, yeah, appreciate them uh, joining in the call. Now, for our sports update, we're bringing the song back, friends. Do we have the song? Here we go. Wisconsin took on the Buckeyes and did not succeed as Ohio State defeated them 24-10 on Saturday in a night game. Very entertaining game. I enjoyed every minute of that. The Cleveland Browns fell to the Seahawks yesterday in Seattle. They will play the Cardinals on the 5th, and we'll see if that game goes any better. The Bengals absolutely, I wouldn't say demolished, but they they took down the San Francisco 49ers pretty well, uh, 31-17 to in uh, San Francisco which I feel bad for the for the Bengals players that had to go to San Francisco, but they took down those 49ers, and it was a great game. Enjoyed that one as well. I, I have the YouTube TV, not not the, the, the pass, but I have YouTube TV. So they do the multi-view where you can watch both games at once, and that was one I was enjoying flipping between, I, I will have to say. Uh, now into real news, because sports isn't real news. Oh, wait, wait. The, the Chiefs game. So the Taylor Swift uh, boyfriend which I, be, I believe that's me if you look at Twitter. So the Chiefs fan, uh, the Chiefs guy, uh, Tra- Travis Kelsey is his name, did not do very well uh, against the Broncos yesterday. 24-9. to The Broncos this year are absolutely terrible. The Kansas City Chiefs are supposed to be, I mean, following up from a Super Bowl victory. They're supposed, I believe it was Super Bowl at least. Um, they're supposed to be, you know, the guys, the team. The powerful team. And they just did not succeed in that at all. They they lost to the Broncos, which I know my friend James Riemann out in Colorado won't like me saying this, but they are very good. And um Yeah, so so that's entertaining. Um all right. Chief Justice Maureen O'Connor. Which we voted her, our, she wasn't voted out, she was age limit out. I, I like the way Ohio does it. When she's 70, she can't run again. So Um, here is from Jake Zuckerman. If I remember, it's a big leftist over at cleveland.com. While America's commitment to democracy is a beacon to the world, it has historical and modern shortfalls that we can't be blind to, according to the Ohio Supreme Court's former Chief Justice, Maureen O'Connor. 
Speaking to a crowd at the Cleveland State University's Law School on Friday, O'Connor offered up Ohio's laws that purge voters from registration rolls, require government-issued photo identification to vote, fail to recognize student or out-of-state ID cards, or even that simply require citizens to register to vote instead of presuming them eligible as legal impendence to a basic democratic right. This lady is a former, and I say former, is a former Republican. And she is advocating against purging voter rolls of dead voters, which had other states done that in 2020, we would have President Donald Trump like we should right now, requiring a photo ID to vote. But I bet she goes by and buys her wine. Well, she, she doesn't need photo ID anymore. You can tell she's over 21. But when she was a child, she needed to see the photo ID, I would imagine. I don't know how old she looked when she was 21. Does not recognize student or out-of-state ID cards. Yeah, because student or state ID cards don't have the regular protections a regular photo ID does. And a fun fact, if you have an out-of-state vo- uh, ID card, you haven't got your ID here, you shouldn't be able to vote here. That's how I read it. I don't know, I'm sorry. If you're an Ohio resident, you should have an Ohio ID card. If you want to vote in Ohio, you should have an Ohio ID card. That's the whole point of having an ID card to tell you where you live. Your address has to be accurate on that. If your your insurance card and your ID doesn't match, if you get pulled over, you're going to get in trouble. Because which one of these is your actual address? If you don't have a way to prove where you live, why should you be able to vote? Here's one of her quotes. There are many countries that don't have you register to vote. It's a presumed right you have. And when you exercise that right, no one challenges you. You are welcome to vote. North Korea is probably one of those countries, right, where they have no opposition. Or Ukraine, how they had a 70-30 election with a guy that never ran in office before. Yeah, they have a lot of countries that don't care if you vote or not because their elections are, are fixed already. America's used to not to be that way. America used to have fair elections at least a long time ago. But we also had procedure. You shouldn't assume just because someone buys an ID or gets an ID card, they're going to want to vote. But with mailing uh, mailing ballots, you can request a ballot sent to a different address, if I remember correctly. So what stops you if your grandma, let's say Grandma Smith, right? Your Grandma Smith bought her ID card this year and she's automatically registered to vote. Well, Grandma Smith isn't going to vote. People know that. Grandma Smith will make cookies and, and knit sweaters, but she will not cast a ballot. So you know what someone's going to do? They're going to fill out a, an, a request for a ballot in her name. And they're going to get it sent somewhere else. They're going to fill it out for your favorite Democrat candidates or Republican. Who knows? And they'll mail it back. Granny Smith voted. That's why you don't just allow people to go vote. You have to have some sort of procedure. What stops me from walking into a polling place November 7th and say, my name is Maureen O'Connor and I'm going to vote. Do they just assume I'm Maureen O'Connor? If I go to her Cincinnati, I believe she's from Cincinnati. If I go to her polling place, are they going to let me vote? Why not? I mean, it's just an an assumption we're supposed to have. I mean, this lady was one of USA Today's women of the year, so no one should take her seriously anyway. But she should not be considered. I don't know. She she's drafting an amendment to overturn the way we do our. Uh, congressional legislative district. She wants independent redistricting. This lady is controlled by the League of Women Voters, and I cannot stand the League of Women Voters. All right, you hear me? Um, at our keynote address during Cleveland State's Democracy's Promise and its Fight for its Future Symposium, if you're a Republican and you go to the Democracy's Promise and the Fight for its Future Symposium, you are not a Republican. O'Connor largely avoided the nuts and bolts of redistricting, but focused on larger questions of, 
uh, participatory, uh, participatory government and how and whether its leaders represent the people. Sending a list produced annually by the Economics Intelligence Group, you know that the U.S. democracy ranks at a 30th in a survey of world's most nations, of most world nations, I can almost read, based on electoral process and plural, uh, pluralism, functioning of government, political participation, political culture, and civil liberties. That's behind countries including Portugal, South Korea, the nation of Meritus, uh, Chile, and the first place of Norway. No one cares about this lady, and the fact that she's still trying to make news after she can't run again is just funny. I honestly think she'll go for governor as an independent in 26. Mark my word. If she's still alive. Mark my words on that. So we have some more uh, voicemails in from the, the drop line. Biden has no idea what AI is. Very true. Um, someone sent a, a gif of just high heel boots, which is hilarious. Ramaswani needs to drop out and endorse Trump. I completely agree. I used to be a DeSantis supporter, but he has shown himself to be a fake conservative. Um, they are all in on it, Josh. Very true. It's because Kelsey is swifted, whatever that means, uh, and Trump Donald's 2024. I gotta say, that'd be a fire ticket. I'm almost leaning towards Trump Carlson because Dr. Ben Carson, or not Carlson, Carson, uh, Carlson would be cool too. Uh, cause Dr. Ben Carson actually endorsed the president in Iowa over the weekend. I'd like to see that as well. Uh, but anyways, my friends, that will do it for today's edition of the Conservative Crusader Radio Program. Appreciate you all listening to the show. If you have Apple or Google or whatever the platforms are, make sure you go there, subscribe to the podcast. Just type in GOP Josh. We come right up. It's my pretty face right there. Uh, type it in. Uh, rate us five stars. Make sure the show is downloading to your phone and you listen to it. Uh, at least a portion of it helps boost us in the algorithms. And if you listen to other shows, it recommends around those people. So if you listen to the Dan Bongino show all the time and you listen to the Conservative Crusader right after, we might have someone listening to Dan Bongino who will find this show and enjoy it even more. So we'd appreciate you all doing that. A free way to help support the program. If you want to support us financially, you can go to patreon.com slash GOP Josh, but the program will remain free. We'll be back on Wednesday the 1st. Have a safe trick-or-treat. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 